0: The Adam Crowley Show.
1: What is that? It's there's some still. (laughs) There's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't. It's awful. Okay. uh, Sweet. uh. (laughs) I heard a little bit of Harry Uh. Uh. (laughs) Caray. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Chris Adamski from the Trib expected to join us in a few moments here on the Crowley Show. Last week he was on one of the best guests we've ever had in terms of a single performance. But here's the problem. He ain't picking up the phone right now. Which means he's going to go down a peg in my book. You see, Adamski and I are boys. He's like the tallest human being I've ever seen in my entire life. He wears one of them sweet beret-ass hats... And I love him for all those reasons, and because he's really funny. But I'm not going to love him if he doesn't come on the show. And it's going to be an issue. Got this tweet from Dave at underscore Adam Crowley during the break. Wayne Gretzky won four championships. I mean, think about it. Out of the entirety of Wayne Gretzky's career, four times did he win the championship. That's it, four times. And yeah, that's it. It's all relative, right? And that's a lot of championships. But let's think about that. When you're considering Sidney Crosby's greatness, and when you're considering how hard it is to win a championship, again, the one that I always bring up, Tom Brady, everyone says he's the greatest of all time, he's won five Super Bowls, That's more than anybody else. Yes. But he's done that over the course of 18 years, which means 13 times Patriots fans are going home upset, that means 13 times they're not achieving their goal. And that means 13 times there are going to be takes about what the coach did wrong, what the quarterback did wrong, who dropped the ball when, who underachieved here, who underachieved there. It's more practical, I think, or maybe that's not the right word. I think it's fairer to evaluate a career after the career has passed. I think it's more fair to evaluate a great team After you've seen what it's done, after you see all the teams they've laid at their feet over the course of their prime, you're only going to win so much. So for everyone to have said, Ovechkin, this guy, he's not good enough, not good enough underachiever, his team's underachieving, well, his story's not totally been written yet. He's won one. Let's see where it goes from here. Sidney Crosby didn't look like he was going to win more than one for a long time, and then they won two in a row. And nobody says Sidney Crosby, oh, he's Peyton Manning. No one says, oh, Sidney Crosby, he's the Atlanta Braves. They're the Atlanta Braves of the 1990s. No one says that anymore because they've won three championships. And if Ovechkin wins another one, or let's say two, let's say he matches Crosby, let's say they win three before his career's over, the hell's anyone going to say, well, they didn't win it this year when they won the President's Trophy, so they're underachievers. How many times are you supposed to win it? Now you can, you're not really supposed to win it more than once in the salary cap era. Forget about three times. We now are joined by Chris Adamski here on the Crowley Show. Adamski, how are you today?
2: Adam, I expect you to win every single year or else you're underachieving. I'm sorry. Well, There's... I'm a
1: winner all the time. Always yeah. and forever. No matter what I'm doing, I'm always winning. Arguments, otherwise. I always win at sex. Uh, Adamski, <laughs> I think that it makes sense to evaluate careers at the end of careers. Ovechkin, oh, he's won one championship. Uh, He could have won so many others. Well, let's wait and see how many he does win. Uh, The same could have been said about Sidney Crosby. Now he's won three. You're not really going to win more than that. It it just doesn't happen, except in very rare occasions. Gretzky won it four times. I think we're so quick to react. We're so quick to try to place blame that we don't look at things in proper context. We don't zoom out enough. Yeah, and, and, you
2: know, there's so many... Variables, next factors here. I mean, when Gretzky played, there were 21 teams. Now there's 50 percent more teams in the NHL. So to expect a team to win, it's just, it's just simple math. You're not going to win as often at a championship. Now, the narrative thing like that, it was. It was only, what, 24 and a half months, 28 months ago, let's say, we're saying that about Sidney Crosby. Only one title. And Jonathan Pays was the greatest thing in the world because he won three Super or three Super Bowls. Wow. That'd be, that would be something if he won three Super It really Bowls. would be. Uh, three Stanley Cups, and, you know, here he was. And, hey, Taves is a good player, but come on. Just, he, he was three times better than Sidney Crosby because he won three Cups and Crosby won one. Uh, and, you know, so that got flipped off that. And that's the thing. We're so, as a society or as a sports hashtag hot take nation or whatever it is, we have to do this to people for whatever reason. Crosby had won gold medals. Uh, what, two of them at that point, I guess, before he won his most recent cup. He was the captain of the one team that did it. He won a junior. I, mean, I mean, he'd been another final with the Penguins. Uh, <laughs> to label him as some kind of loser because he had one cup before the age of what would that be? What was he, uh, 29, 28? 28, 28? He won a yeah. second cup. Yeah. Uh, is sort of absurd. And, and, and the same thing with Now, the only thing I will say about this is I think at some point, some guy, we do it with the generational-type talent. The Oveskins, the Crosbys, LeBrons, uh, those type of superstars. And we kind of sometimes will do it. I say we, not me, and you, just you know, us in the trash industry of sports media. <laughs> uh, we'll do this to guys, too. I think in some cases, though, there is some validity to it where, like a Carmelo Anthony, for instance, if he's your best player, you're no, you're probably not going to win a championship. That's fair, Seven, yeah. Eight, he's, a, he's not a bad player. He's not a terrible guy, whatever. He can be the complimentary piece. Phil, Phil Kessel actually is a perfect example of this, right? Phil Kessel was labeled as a loser because he was a top five draft pick, you know, and, and Boston dumped him off, and then when to Toronto, and he's the face of this, uh, you know, the marquee franchise or one of the marquee franchises in the league that underachieved every year, then you make the playoffs. But yeah, when he's the best player in the team, you can label him a loser. Now, you know, then he comes to the Penguins, all of a sudden he wins two cups. Now he's the, what is he, the third, fourth best player? I, you know, I don't want to sit here and rank him, but. That can happen, so I think in that sense maybe you could start to say it. But I mean, does it make a uh, you know Brent Seabrook because he won three cups? Is he, is he the best defense in the league? Is he the only active you know one of two or three active guys that win three cups in defense?
1: Well, you know what, we are mesmerized by the championship. You're, you're right about that. I mean, is Ovechkin a better player today than he was three days ago? Because now he's hoisted the cup. Like does he get some sort of magical powers that uh, make their way meander their way down his arms and into his? penis whenever he wins the Stanley Cup. I don't I don't think so. I don't think that's the way it works. He's just as good of a player. Now he's just, and his team has just accomplished something else. I also don't love the choking moniker, and you know, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Well, the, P- the Caps aren't going to beat the Penguins because they never beat the Penguins, but really, it's just been a razor-thin margin between these two teams, even the last couple of years. Back to 2009, if So many teams are expected to win the championship. Uh, This year, Nashville's expected to win the championship. The Penguins, well, they're going for the three-peat. They could be expected to win the championship. Tampa had the best season in the East. Maybe Boston. If all these teams are expected to win championships, are are there really chokers out there? or Are there just a bunch (laughs) of good teams, and sometimes you lose to a really good team? Yeah, I mean, you saw this year. The
2: Penguins, you know, every,
1: every year, every champion has. Just the Penguins
2: last year. Uh, double overtime of Game 7, uh, you know, if that goes the other way, they don't even make the final, you know, just a little deflection or, you know, some sort of giveaway or whatever it is, uh, and they don't, they don't make the final. Then all of a sudden it's, uh, the Penguins can't win back. Crosby's <laughs> only 1-2 and there, whatever, you know, however you want to label it. Uh, and you look back at it even this year, the Penguins are the other way. They have a third-period lead in Game 5 in Washington. Uh, they protect that lead. Uh, you know, make another play in the final seven minutes or whatever that would be, then all of a sudden they're, uh, they, then, you know, they come home, they get overtime, you know, we go back and forth over and over again. Yeah, this makes make these guys – but, uh, you know, that is part of – I think in some ways – I'm sitting here just trashing this whole philosophy. But I think is a, a good example of this. I think – I didn't know – I think it was fair to know if he had in what he did during. Not that he won a cup, but not that he was good enough to win a cup. Not to score 15 goals in a playoff run, or however you want to quantify it. But the way he he to me, and maybe it's just narrative. Maybe because he won, it's easier to see it. He seemed like a different player these this postseason, uh, just in terms of his, you know, just his want for it. I guess, for lack of a way of, and I hate doing that, but. Maybe, narrative yep. alert narrative alert yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it just look he he you know maybe it's easier to say you know he looked at you know there's other times he's lost in the second round all those years and he just kind come, of comes out, but this time it just seemed like you know he wanted the cup this year and i, I know he won the cup every year, I don't know but but I think in, in some ways there is some sort of a, not just that they won the cup this year, I think you saw ovechkin sort of being you know and it might be. Narrative again, you know, he was a Russian, you know, they can't lead or whatever it is that people want to say. But I think you saw something a little bit different out of him this year than you did, you know, last year, five years ago, ten years ago with him.
1: Chris Adamski joining us here on the Crowley Show. I have a buddy who's a Capitals fan. He texted me last night and said, you know what, losing all those years was worth it because we won tonight, and that's stupid. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's just it's just it's just dumb. You know, it's more fun than uh, having one great moment. Uh, having a bunch of them, waiting, waiting. Yeah, maybe it makes that first one sweeter. But I'd uh, like to rack up. I think you'd rather you'd rather have a couple of championships as opposed to say, well, this one meant extra much. And it's uh, you know,
2: and I guess if you're if you're lucky enough to time it right, uh, depending on when, you know, if you're a guy in Boston who I don't know was born in 1990, you would say. Uh, you'd be 14 years old to sort of becoming uh, in your own. Uh, the Red Sox break that curse, and not that they've been What way they won three since, and they're contenders every year to do it again. I, I guess experiencing that, that, you know, breaking that, you know, Cleveland breaking their long stretch, uh, you know, what else we say? I actually, uh, there's been a lot of this quote hashtag narratives that have gone down in terms of these, uh, you know, losing cities. Yeah, Houston, Houston
1: hadn't won anything. Cubs hadn't, yeah, we, Cubs hadn't won since 1908. Yeah. Uh,
2: the I mean, Eagles. Even Clemson. Clemson was talking about Clemsoning and stuff, and they, you know, yeah. they weren't ever going to do it. And, and you know, you've you had to do a lot of these franchises slash teams program that for, you know, our, our lifetimes have, have been labeled as losers or whatever. And all the last couple of years here and have done it. So, but I still find it funny that through all that, you know, again, the Cubs 107 years, whatever, Cleveland 50. The city, uh, Atlanta, still Atlanta's a twenty-eight
1: to three lead, and Atlanta still can't, <laughs> still can't do it. <laughs> uh, Chris Adamski joins us now here on the uh, Crowley Show. Uh, the ratings just came out. The top ten markets for the entire Stanley Cup playoffs: uh, Vegas and Pittsburgh tied at top four point five. Uh, Buffalo, of course, third because they're always third in everything. I mean, just <laughs> their Buffalo is there; they're watching there in third, uh, and then DC fourth. Uh, with a 3.2 rating uh, One of the things we tackled the other day on the show Is this concept of bandwagon fans And so many people have a problem With bandwagon fans Oh you're jumping on just when the team got gets good Yeah well every town's got that I think now some fan bases are stronger than others Some towns are better for this sport or that sport Than others but I think by and large you're going to find Hangers on and bandwagon jumpers In just about every town and just about every sport
2: Yeah, Yeah you know of course I mean, do you really think – I mean, Washington doesn't have the highest rated uh, or third whatever it is, second uh, highest rated without it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I think that's what makes – I think that's what makes a championship special to a city is that you do have that. Now, you know, me and you might be sports fans and walking around and, and happy, to you know, watching dying with every game the Pirates play, and God forbid that happens, but, you know, and they're the Steel, whatever it might be. Uh, but, you know, you, you, your grandma, your, your neighbor, your you know, the guy at work, who, you know, they don't care. And then all of a sudden when they, you know, you get far enough in the playoffs, they start to care and the whole city gets in. That, that's what makes it fun. I think that's part of the, my favorite part about sports is the energy involved, uh, you know, uh, whenever at, uh, amongst a group of people for a common, uh, you know, common reason. So I think, it's a, I think bandwagon fans for what makes sports fun. That's what I'm going for.
1: Adamski, thank you for your time, sir.
2: Anytime, Adam. I'll do it again.
1: You will. We're going to talk <laughs> about
2: poop. Yeah, that's right. We did, how we how do we get through the whole segment without mentioning the word poop?
1: Well, actually, I should I should bring this up. The last time an AMSKI was on, the bathroom wasn't working here uh, at iHeartMedia. The water wasn't working. So people were plopping them off and not being able to flush it. The whole place smelled to high heaven. Well, now <laughs> we're getting emails in our inbox uh, from uh, our fine lady, Jen, at the front desk, who said, I shouldn't have to send this out to adults, but... Someone's peeing all over the seat in the third floor. And they've been doing it for months and we have we need to figure out who it is and they need to stop.
2: Adam, you want to admit this publicly now? Is this your confession?
1: I pee on the seat. <laughs> Goodbye, Adamski. Bye, Adam. It was me. I'm the peer. It wasn't me. I'm very careful about peeing. And also, I never pee in the stalls. That's ridiculous. The only reason you'd have to is if well, the stalls were the urinals were taken. Uh, the only reason you have to. Mass emails in this place are starting to get tad cumbersome. Let's learn about Brazil. <laughs> Brazil was ruled by the Portuguese for more than 300 years, and it finally attained independence from Portugal on September 7th, 1822. It is the world's largest population of Catholics, Tom. Oh, very nice. 73.6% live in Brazil. They make up 64% of its population. Mm. Visitors to Brazil are treated with utmost respect and are admired. Brazilians have the reputation of being one of the most hospitable people in the world. Very that true. doesn't sound like a fact to me. A little braggy. A little braggy, yeah. Copacabana Beach, located at the south end of the city of the Rio de Janeiro, is a four-kilometer-long beach, and it's famous for hosting a concert in 1994 that was attended by three and a half million people. This was the largest gathering for a concert ever. Did you know that it's a ritual in Brazil for boys to bear the pain from bullet ants before they are declared adults? Bullet ants. Yeah, their hands are put into gloves filled with these ants, and boys Mm. are required to withstand the pain for at least ten minutes And they have to pass the test 20 times before being declared adults. That's how you build strong men, Adam. That's true. Free sex change operations are provided by the Brazilian public health system. Yes. Mm. They recognize this as a
3: constitutional right. Can you go back and forth? Wow. Like this week I'm feeling. Little lady. Wow. Next week, back to little Wow,
1: that is a fabulous question. If they're going to pay for it once, why wouldn't they pay for it twice? Yeah.
3: They will. Coming up next, old crotchety sports talk radio host. Hey, Adam, did you know that Brazil's highest mountain is Pico de Neblina? Mm, so it means missed peak. Bitch about T.O.
1: And then we got Matt Williamson at 540. It took
3: Brasilia 41 months to build the capital. 41 months. Long
1: time. It's the Crowley Show.
3: It's perfection. Mm. It's great capital on ESPN Pittsburgh. As a marketer, you want to reach everyone. Adults, teens, millennials. But it's not like these groups all hang out in the same place, right? Actually wrong. They're all right here listening to radio commercials just like this one. Radio ads connect with 93% of Americans every week. That's more than Google, more than Facebook, more than TV. In fact, radio reaches 20% more millennials than TV. Want more of the people you want to talk to all in one place? You want to get to iHeartMedia.com and get AMF. I'm working for you.
1: A wimbo way, 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 a wimbo a wimbo way, a wimbo way, a wimbo way, a a We step away from hockey for a moment, mostly because it just depresses me to think about Washington having won the Stanley Cup. We've put things in perspective, I think, nicely today on the show, but I'm only going to be so kind to Washington. I'm only going to be so kind to Ovechkin. I mean, it it fractured my soul a little bit last night, but nowhere near as much as T.O. not going to the Hall of Fame for his induction speech Has fractured the souls of the media elite. The old guard football media. And, look, I got a lot of friends in the football media. And I love them all. I do. Dale Lally, Jerry Dulac were on yesterday, along with Craig Wolfley. I like all those guys. I adore those guys. Dale Lally is one of my homies. We drink beers. We boys. Matt Williamson was there, too. He wanted to disagree with some of the things they were saying, but did not do so strongly enough because it would have been a massacre three-on-one. We'll talk to him coming up in 14 minutes. But... If you don't know, Terrell Owens said, ah, screw it. I'm not going to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony because I've been waiting too long. And I am okay with it because he's always been a douche. He's going to be a douche until the day he dies, so why not continue to be a douche in your football life? Why not? Why not? It shouldn't have any bearing on whether the guy makes the Hall of Fame anyhow or not. It should be about football. And guess what? He's 8th all-time in receptions. He's 2nd all-time in receiving yards. He did play for a bunch of teams, but the reason that those teams didn't win a Super Bowl isn't because of him. It's not because of him. But we'll get to that coming up in a minute. First, yesterday on Steelers Nation Radio, Andy ESPN Pittsburgh, Dale Lawley and Jerry Dulac said, "Tio in the Hall of Fame? Not so fast.
0: What a and moron. They, yeah, you know I, what? The Hall of Fame should look into revoking his... Uh, they, they, they absolutely <laughs> should. I mean, you're going to gonna Or the gonna voters up. should do it. I bet yeah. the voters should have some type of get-together and say, look, you don't want to be in, you don't want to
1: be there, we don't want you.
0: There have been far, far, far better players than Terrell Owens who have gone to that thing.
1: Far better players and far better humans. He's one of the best five wide receivers, maybe the best three wide receivers, maybe the best two wide receivers of all time. Come on! Come on! That is just perfect, though. It's just perfect. It's what you knew all the old football writers would do. And again, I love these guys. It's just a difference of opinion, but they're not the only ones doing it. It's happening all throughout this country. By these old media members, guys who have been writing about football in newspapers for 30, 40 years, it's the old guard standing there at the front of this cathedral. You can only come in if we say you get in. And even if we say you get in, you got to come in on our terms. No, you don't. The reason he's in the Hall of Fame is because he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And because you waited so long to put his ass in is a bad look on you just as much as this is a bad look on T.O. If he's not going to show up, it's because not he's petty. Well, maybe a little bit. But it's because you're petty. How petty is it to keep a guy out who's got the second most yards for a receiver of all time because you don't like the way he is doing sit-ups in his driveway?
3: Holy sh- bleep! I think Jerry summed it up nicely, too, right there. Because he said, we don't want you in. And right there highlights it all. It is the sports writers of America against T.O. We don't want you there. We don't want you there. So we're not going to put you in until we feel you're ready. I don't understand why T.O. on on any planet in any lifetime would want to be like, hey, you know what's a good idea? I'll go over and I'll bend the knee. And I'll say, guys, you know what? You held me out for so long. But thanks for finally letting me in. I've seen the error of my ways. It's T.O. Of course he's not going to do that. No. He's going to pull T.O. on you. And guess what? Sports Writers of America, he's still in the Hall of Fame, whether he shows up or not.
1: Roger Goodell has done a really good job of helping the National Football League win in the ratings. He's done a really good job with the National Football League in terms of making money. But one area where the NFL gets lost is when they try to become the moral compass of this country. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can do this, you can do that. We're going to punish you for things that, guess what, you're not getting punished for in the court of law, but we'll punish you for it anyhow because we're the big, bad, powerful NFL. These sports writers should be looking at the game. Roger Goodell should be Adjudicating the game He shouldn't be trying to determine whether or not this guy beat someone He shouldn't be trying to determine whether or not this guy did this bad act This guy did that bad act And neither should Pro Football writers They shouldn't be saying T.O. can't be in here because he's an ass clown They should be saying he is a Hall of Famer Because he's got Hall of Fame numbers And Hall of Fame bona fides And when you watch the guy play You knew he was one of the best at the time and overall But has he won a ring? That being wow. said, it used to make me crazy that
2: he wasn't in. I mean, he's one of the best receivers to ever live. Yeah. He's a, he is a Hall of famer right player. But when
0: you do things like this, it makes it right. understandable. Right. I mean, it's not all about you, Terrell. There are five or six
1: other guys who are going to be inducted that day. Does this guy want a Super Bowl ring? <laughs> That's my favorite part of all of them. <laughs> they are making it, though, about themselves, the writers. We will stand guard here to make sure that this douchebag doesn't get into the Hall of Fame until we say he gets into the Hall of Fame. That's every bit as look at me as anything T.O. ever did. It's the sports writers, the voters saying, no, 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 not in our Hall of Fame, not today. To me, that is asking for the public to look upon them and acknowledge that they're doing right by the NFL Hall of Fame. Just like T.O. was kind of a douchebag, look at me, look at me, look at me, the Raiders are doing the same thing. As for winning a championship, I mean, he's a wide friggin' saver. He's a wide friggin' saver. He can help his team win, but if he loses, it's he's not the primary reason why. Not to mention, the reason that they were so close to winning the Super Bowl against the Patriots was because on a friggin' severed leg, he had 10 catches over 100 yards! As he won a ring?
3: And let's not forget, this isn't the Human Hall of Fame. This isn't the Nobel Peace Prize you're voting for. You're voting for a guy who played a game. And at the end of the day, it's a game. Did he play that game well? You vote him in. Was he better than most of his peers throughout history? Yes, he was. Was he a jerk? Yes. Yeah, probably. But hey. You're not voting him into like the best human ever category. You're not giving him an award for being a great human being. You're giving him an award for catching a football. Did he catch it? Did he catch it well? He's in the hall of fame.
1: You know what? When they were canonizing Mother Teresa, did they say how how good of a football player was she? Yeah. How about on the tennis court? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, backhand. I think Williamson had had enough, though. I think he wanted to fight back. Yeah. I think he wanted to be the voice of reason, and he did everything he could. Well, to an extent,
0: yeah. and Wolf and Wolf being on Super Bowl teams has put lesser players, to a degree, into the Hall of Fame because right. of the attention and the way they performed in the mm-hmm. postseason. Absolutely, without with question. So I think he has the second most catches in
1: history. Though. He does second most yards, eighth most catches. I mean, Williamson was. Just, I mean, it's totally wrong. It's just kind of like some guy sitting around a bunch of idiots being like. Guys, whoa, he whoa. has the second most catches in history. What are we talking about right now? But what what I don't like is that. Well, what does he expect? He was a jerk. I mean that that's the air that you've got there, right? That's that's the that's the entire base of the conversation. What 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 do they what? Why does he expect not to be there, or to be there? Because he was such a jerk, he shouldn't be there. That's awful. I mean that's that's not the way that the Hall of Fame is designed to work. Uh, it's not. Supposed to be about a player's mental state. It's not supposed to be about whether or not he was a douchebag. It's supposed to be about whether the guy could perform on the field. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Devin, next up on the Crowley Show. Crow man. Devin, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm glad to hear that you're good. I'm doing great. I'm I I'm food. great. Uh, it's great to hear that you're doing great. <laughs> I got two little points to make.
2: If it's about character, uh, Ty Cobb shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He was an open racist and murdered a man. Uh, second, um, I see this a little bit different than everybody else. I think it's a blessing that he's not out I was always thinking about his induction speech. If you've ever heard this dude talk on, on sports uh, shows whenever he's getting interviewed, it's always about how he was done wrong and he was portrayed. And I didn't want to hear an hour of this dude talking about all oh, he gave <laughs> and and he was, was mistreated and he didn't. And my quarterback, my quarterback. I mean, all that stuff was so corny. When he said, I thought it was actually a smart PR move on his part that he didn't want to give a speech because he would have got – excoriated for that. So I thought that that was really the smart
1: I reason. love that. I love that take, Devin. That's a really good one because had he gone and even said anything, had he tried to make amends, him having made amends would have meant that the media then would have pointed to all the things he was making amends for. Had he stood up there and said, "Oh, I'm misunderstood," they would have ripped him for that. You're you are a 100% right. You're having a great day, and <laughs> my day's better for having spoken to you.
3: Well, thank you. That is such a great point. And and to the writers side of things, they're sitting here arguing to have a guy come up and do exactly what Devin, like have this guy kiss his own backside for an hour in a speech. They're arguing for this right now because they want to see it. And another point on top of that, Adam, shouldn't sports writers be thankful to T.L.? Shouldn't they thank him for all the easy articles oh over God. the years that he's given them? Easy he's opinions. handed them, handed them to him. Here you go. You don't have anything else to write about? Here's another story for me. I did this this week. So it uh, comes down in the end, I think, most writers feel slighted in some way because when a guy gets attacked like that, like T.L. Now, I'm not saying he's not a jerk, but when a guy gets attacked like that, he turtles, he pulls away from the media, Media he doesn't give them uh, as many for- forthcoming answers, he doesn't, he's not interested in giving them any more than a few words here or there. So it develops this whole kind of animosity between the two. You know, so it's like you got to wonder, is it chicken or the egg that came first? Is it the media going after him hard, or is it him coming back at the media? And in the end, I mean, the guy's a Hall of Fame player. And it doesn't doesn't matter what you guys write about him. He's going into the Hall of Fame.
1: Done. And now he's in. A couple years too late, but he's in. Hey, what day is it?
3: It's uh, Friday, Adam.
1: Are you ready to join the Dream Scheme? Because it's Free Movie Friday! Yes! Woo! Thanks to our friends at the Atom Tickets app. And we want to hook you up with tickets to see Ocean's 8 in theaters today. It's got a star-studded cast that teams up to pull off the biggest heist of the century. Text Burger to A-T-O-M-1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Do we have time for Switzerland? I guess we do. I don't really think we do, though. We got to get to Williamson. We'll tell you about Switzerland after we get to Williamson. Maybe two countries packed into the end. Ooh. Yeah, it's a Crowley Show.
2: Have you guys ever seen him in person? Yeah, he, lo- he looks
1: like a cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he doesn't look like a human being. Yeah.
0: He's crazy looking. He's yeah, he's he's big, he's not and from, yeah. long arms and yeah. yeah, Like he's. You know what? I, I yeah, I'm thinking. I don't know that I've ever been around him in person. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't he's think he's, so. he's, he's a little bit different.
1: Matt Williamson has been out at Steelers OTAs. He will be at minicamp next week as the coverage continues on Steelers Nation Radio and on ESPN Pittsburgh. Yesterday, there was a debate-ish between three of the hosts and Matt Williamson about Terrell Owens in the Hall of Fame. And Matt Williamson joins us now on the show. Williamson, you were trying to stick up for T.O. the other day, but I think you were afraid of getting eaten alive by that pack of wolves.
2: You know, I can't come off my convictions that before T.O. was inducted, I made a big stink saying this guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. And for those that don't know, the criteria is you're on the field play. I mean, you can be an axe murderer and still go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, you can also make the argument that he didn't help his team as much as his numbers indicated because nobody liked him or he was distraction. But I think only one person in the history of the game has caught more passes than him. He
1: belongs in the Hall of Fame. That being said,
2: not going to the ceremony is the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a long time.
1: Oh, come on. No, don't be that guy. Let's not do that. He doesn't have to go. Screw them, man. They kept him out because of petty reasons. Their reasons were just as much look at me as T.O. eating popcorn in the middle of a field.
2: Oh yeah, I mean they kept them out because well we don't like you either. We're not we right. can't be a first ballot guy, right? Even though only Jerry Rice has got more passes than you, and you're awesome.
1: No, I hear you. But, <laughs> can but, we? You know, you got to go. Can we play a little soundbite here of where you? I thought. Somebody was going to jump down somebody's throat, but you were you were you were all being cordial with one another. Although uh, Dale and Jerry Dulac were not necessarily being cordial with Terrell Owens, and then you kept sliding in with a little factoid of information. Here you go. What a and moron! They, yeah, you know I, what? The Hall of Fame
0: should look into revoking his. Uh, they, they absolutely should. I mean, you're, you're gonna you're, you're or the gonna voters should do it. I bet the yeah. voters should have some type of get together and say, "Look, you don't want to be in. You don't want to be there. We don't want you." There have been far, far, far later. better players than Terrell Owens who have gone to that thing.
2: That wow. being said, he used to make me crazy that he wasn't in. I mean, he's one of the best receivers to ever live. Yeah, like, he's a he is a Hall of Famer. right? Yes. But when
0: you do things like this, it makes it right. understandable. Right. I mean, you, it's not all about you, Terrell. There are five or six other guys who are going to be inducted that day. Does
1: this guy want a Super Bowl ring? <laughs> That's the best line out of all of them, Williamson. <laughs> Has this guy hey. want a Super Bowl ring? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, he's still pretty
2: good. You know I mean? He belongs to the Hall of Fame. I've been saying that for years.
1: One of my Is, favorite he, moments, William C. Like no, you don't you don't have to like him at all. One of well, I think one of the best moments that I remember uh, in football history really for a losing team was whenever he went out there against the Patriots like a severed leg and he caught a bunch of passes and kept that game competitive. Like he did everything yeah, he, he could do to win.
2: Right. Right. Like I forget who said that, you know, he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. I'm like, well, yeah, but he he had a broken leg and was the best player on the field in the Super Bowl and nearly willed the Eagles to victory over the Patriots. You know, it's not his fault he didn't have a ring in that game. He was awesome.
1: Matt, what is going on with the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, does does that mean that a, a teammate would have had to have a player on the Ravens had to have reported those violations? Do you think? He, that's what we we talked about that on the air a little bit too. And there's nobody else at OTAs.
2: I mean, there's us media and there's people in the organization. Obviously, a coach or a front office person wouldn't, and I would think it's a veteran player. I mean, it really almost has to be. I mean, the, the media people have no reason to do it, and nor would they really even know, you know, boy, that's pushing the limits. Strange. That is their second violation, isn't it?
1: It is. Does it mean anything to them, do you think?
2: No, but, hey, they use the first-round pick on a quarterback, and two more days of practice would be good for the young guys, especially at quarterback position. But no, I mean, OTAs are great, don't get me wrong, but they're, you know, a third of a training camp came practice, and I think you can get by without a training camp practice, too. I mean, more practice is better, (laughs) and they have holes, and they need to work on things, but it's not going to be like, man, they're going to be 2-14 this year.
1: Do you have any idea, that all being said, uh, what the Steelers are thinking on defense in terms of schematics? Uh, I know that Tyler Maticay, was taking a lot of reps with the first team alongside Vince Williams. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. still early yet. Um, do you have any idea how they're planning on using guys like Edmonds? And I realize it's early in the process, but what, what do you think you know now that you might not have known coming out of OTAs?
2: Yeah, it's very early in the process, and who knows how much of things they've actually installed as well. Um, I will say that I didn't see as much... That I thought of, you know, in terms of a three-man front with two outside linebackers, one true linebacker, and a big nickel package with three safeties. I didn't see a ton of that against base personnel. Doesn't mean it's not coming. I absolutely think it could. Um, Stan asked me earlier today, you know, something similar, and I said, "Boy, John Bostick looked better than I thought he would." Um, it looked like they were using a variety of people. As their deep center field safety, and that's been something I've really been trying to keep an eye on is who's going to be the deep middle defender because I don't know that there's an ideal candidate on the team. And I saw a lot of people ending up there, at least you know, you know, a post snap, you know, a lot of movement and whatnot. We'll see again. I mean, the schematics are really hard to judge off of these things, and not to mention it's hard to watch practice while you're on the air too. But there's a couple things you notice. I mean, something that's not a secret for sure is. Looks like Bud Dupree is going to spend a lot more time on the right side, T.J. Watt a lot more time on the left than they did in the past. That makes perfect sense to me.
1: Matt Williamson joining us, Steelers Radio Network, on the Crowley Show. Our friend Mark Caboli just texted me, and he said, Come on, Crowley. They have to turn in tapes of OTAs to the league for review. The come on, Crowley uh, indicates that I should have known that information. Mark, nobody knows that damn information. information. Who the hell gives a a rip about whether they're turning that into the league? And also, Caboli... What a terrible job that has to be. I'm watching the Ravens' second OTAs right. practice. Oh, my God. Why do you think it's it's good to see uh, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree flipped?
2: Well, to be honest with you, it would be a lot bigger deal 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when offenses were right-handed and right tackles were big, slow maulers and the tight end lined up to the offense's right, and your left tackle was more of a finesse player. But those, those trends are still true, you know, I mean, less than they have been, though, because the, what I like about that is I think TJ a better coverage player, a better space player, and I think Bud might be able to use his power against finesse tackles a little bit better. So, you know, I mean, Bud was in place when they drafted Watt, so you didn't make that switch right away. Now you have a lot of time. Give it a shot. It's not a massive thing, don't get me wrong, but it would have been more so in the past. And TJ will line up over the tight end more often now, and I think he's better does a better job of covering those guys.
1: Why could we expect the Steelers' run defense to be better this year without all that much improvement in terms of the linebacking court?
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing that all the defensive players we talk to bring up and must be being really, really stressed hard from the coaching staff, the things that I keep hearing are, we missed too many tackles, we blew too many assignments, and therefore we allowed too many big plays. And you would think that's more in the passing game, but it's both, and certainly the missed tackle thing in the running game is a big deal. And I also think that, you know, the Shazier loss, of course, is gigantic, and he's not coming back. But at least now you don't have a week to prepare for life without Shazier. I mean, I'm talking about changing the defense and schematically. You have an entire offseason – Maybe you do less slanting and stunting and things like that because you don't have such a great eraser on the second level. You know, maybe you can just prepare from things a little bit more schematically of life without Shazir. But in the end, I mean, okay or below average run defense isn't a death nail in today's NFL anymore.
1: Matt, I'm happy that they didn't catch you running around naked on the South Side.
2: Well, they haven't caught me yet.
1: Still haven't caught you. I'm I'm, I'm quick. Yeah, you're you're fleet of foot, man. Uh, (laughs) I I tell you, it's surprising with the size that you were that fast, but uh, I'm happy you got away.
2: Combine freak. Yeah, like Javon Kurtz.
1: Appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, Hopefully your Hall of Fame credentials don't get revoked.
2: Yeah, right. I'd I'd go, though. I would show up at the ceremony.
1: (laughs) And I'd be listening, pal. (laughs)
2: All right, maybe you could induct me.
1: I could. Goodbye. All right. That just kept getting awkward and awkward. I just kick it off. I, just, I made the I made the naked joke, and then it's you know, all the all the way downhill from there. All the way downhill. What do we got to do here? Sweden, Switzerland. They're the same, right? They're the same. Sweden, Sweden. Switzerland. They're both the same. Switzerland is one of the world's great exporters of chocolate. Eighteen mm. Swiss chocolate companies made one thousand. 000- oh boy. 172,376 tons of chocolate in 2012. Switzerland has a square flag. The only other square country flag belongs to the Vatican. Amongst industrialized nations, Switzerland has one of the highest rates of gun ownership, but has nearly half the gun-related deaths the United States has. Mm. Switzerland has one of the lowest crime rates in all of the industrialized countries. In 2010, there were only... 0.5 gun murders per 100,000 compared to 5 per 100,000 in the United States. Hmm. In 2007, Switzerland accidentally invaded its neighbors, Lichtenstein. That'll happen. That will happen. Yeah. I think I just said Lickerstein.
3: Yeah, Lichtensteinians, classic instigators. Classic. Yes. Lichtenstein, I barely know her. By the way, Adam, did you know that Milton Hershey... The chocolate guy, he was a descendant of Swiss Mennonites. Oh, no way. Probably migrated from uh, the Impenzel region. Wow. wow. Yeah.
1: That is some stunning information Around right the there. 1700s. How do you accidentally invade Liechtenstein? Yeah. His army's going for a stroll,
3: and all of a sudden, oh, shoot, oh, we're in a battle. Oh, my yeah. bad. All of, a, all of a sudden, a bunch of Liechtensteinians are, like, surrendering <laughs> to you. Oh, you got in us. The- you got us. In
1: Switzerland, naked hiking. Williamson is alarmingly popular even in winter, and many Swiss bathing areas have FKK. Well,
3: that's how they got Liechtenstein.
1: FKK. Naked- <laughs> it's a uh, no. I'm sorry. It me. Uh, <laughs> I I did this to myself. I should have known what it stood for. Uh, which is Frank Orpen or Free Body Culture.
3: Yeah, nice. And that would explain the invasion of Liechtenstein. A yes. bunch of naked people accidentally walking across the border. And yeah, they're hiking. Yeah, they're naked. Like I don't want no part of that junk. Although it would make it easier to liquor stein. Coming up next. Hey, IKEA billionaire Ingvar Kamprad. It's Europe's wealthiest man. He lived in Switzerland. He's rich. Yeah. A lot of money with that guy. Yes. A lot of weird modular furniture, too. Oh, yeah. A better way to evaluate sports. Switzerland's railway system, it extends 3,100 miles. That's a long, way. a long way. They rank second behind the Japanese for traveling by train. Good for them. It's the Crowley Show. Do you know the world's first portable cassette player, the Stereo Belt? It's tested for the first time in St. Moritz, Switzerland. There's mountains there, too, Adam.
1: Yes, there are. Don ESPN Pittsburgh.